One, two, is on? Well, let me talk to you. A little bit of the bubbly. Party, party, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah! It's not hot! Yeah! Welcome, everybody, to another edition of That's the Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Heat Matthews, joined by, joined with, by, joined, who, what, where, when, why, how, joined by each and every week by Gary G. Money Mun and the Tennessee Jesus Carl Crossland, who is back from his pilgrimage to a bar in Nashville, Tennessee. So, uh, yeah. What's, what's going on, guys? A whole lot. This been plunging a toilet. Awesome. 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 Oh man. This a lot of fun last week, Carl. We had we had a blast. I bet. Yep. Oh, you guys saw all the podcast which forty minutes. <laughs> we still know what did an hour and a half. I looked at. I started listening to it. Yeah, it ended up after our, after the editing and the adding stuff, and it was a little under an hour and a half. Yeah. Up bad. Nope. I mean, tonight's episode is going to be at least two hours. So buckle your seat. Oh yeah, hour that's going to be an hour that's going to be talking about this bullshit. Uh, top 50 tag team list. <laughs> yep. Fucking yeah, WWE. Because yeah. there's a tag team on there. I don't get why it's not on there. Just throwing that out there. There's quite a, there's quite a few teams that are that are missing from that list. But um, it's like any top list. It's it's all subjective to whoever's writing it. And there's always going to be some differing opinions. But uh. Speaking of differing opinions, you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleGettingPod with one D, Instagram WrestleGettingPod with two Ds, and at the at uh, for the underscore collection as well, Facebook.com slash WrestleGettingPod with one D, YouTube.com slash for the collection. And if you head over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash WrestleGettingPodcast, you can pick yourself up a shirt and use the code AMERICA now through July 5th at 1 p.m and save an additional 20% off your purchase. So go buy the shirt. Do it now. Quit putting your hand down your pants. No one gives a shit. Get your laptop out. Get out of that porn you're watching on it and go buy you a goddamn shirt. Oh, you can still watch it. I have my hand in the pants. (laughs) (laughs) You need that hand to type. You can type with one hand. Yeah, like if, if you've seen how type, I type, I can't type with one hand. So. <laughs> Slow ass typer, man. And it's one of those things. If you don't like our podcast, uh, let's buy one of our shirts and jerk off into it. It'd be a, a nice jerk off rig. <laughs> right on. <laughs> oh man! All right. And be sure to check out some of our friends, our brothers in podcast arms, some of the uh, the four horsemen of wrestling podcasts. You check out Phil, 
and the Fig Cave. Uh, he's got some couple top five episodes up. Um, I also started a fantasy football podcast as well. There's an offshoot that you can find on the, the Fig Cave feed. So if you're into fantasy football and want to get in on that, go ahead and check that out as well. Uh, the Run-In Podcast dropped a new episode today. Uh, they got a watch-along on there um, from the 1993 Family Feud featuring some of the WWF superstars. Oh, oh God. A little throwback I there. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that this weekend. Somebody had posted it on, um, I'll say, like, Facebook or something. I started to share it with y'all. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So you can listen to that. Um, and also the call-up, uh, our good friend Kenny dropped an interview with the manager of champions, Bill Alfonso, last Monday. Great and fun interview with him. Alfonso had a lot of cool stories to tell uh, about his time being a referee, manager, uh, going all throughout the different territories, Texas to Florida, all that fun stuff. So that was definitely a good listen. And Alfonso's got a lot of stories, so hopefully we'll get um, a couple more interviews with uh, Kenny and Bill Alfonso. But uh, this week, this coming week, uh, Kenny is dropping an interview with NXT superstar Kyle O'Reilly. So, oh, yeah. So, you know, props to Kenny. And he's got some big stuff lined up, and it's just going to get bigger from there. Um, so definitely subscribe to them. Make sure you're following them as well so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming um, stuff that these guys are putting out. Oh, good times right there. So we go from that to uh, what's become one of my favorite segments here on the show so far. Uh, story time with the WrestleGeddon podcast, baby. Uh, this week, we actually got, um, you know, we sent out a thing last week that, you know, if you guys had a story from a meet and greet or for an event or anything that you wanted to um, share with us, uh, we'd play the audio clip on the air. Or if you emailed us a, like a quick little blurb about what happened, we'd read it on the air as well. Um, but we did get uh, one from our good friend, Phil Gentile, the Fig Cave, uh, with his meet and greet with Kurt Angle. And we'll put that in right here what's up guys phil gentile from the fig cave podcast i have a pretty cool story i'm not a big autograph guy but my all-time favorite wrestler is kurt angle he was appearing in atlantic city at a horror convention so i drove the uh, two hours there met kurt angle got about three or four figures signed got in my car and drove right back not a big horror movie guy uh, the ticket wasn't super expensive, uh, and I don't live too far from Atlantic City, so literally met him, shook his hand, took some pictures, got some autographs, jumped in my car, and left. It was a cool uh, cool experience, and uh, yeah, now I'm like, I got the bug. I got Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder, and Jerry the King Lawler, and hoping to get some more autographs. So uh, that's my story, how I got into autograph signing. Thank you guys, and uh, keep up the good work. All right. It's a pretty cool story there with uh, Kurt Angle and Phil. Uh, <laughs> we literally drove to a horror convention just to meet Kurt Angle. It was a two-hour drive. Drove, met Kurt Angle, left. Got a bunch of stuff signed and like, didn't stick around to check out the rest of the convention. 
<laughs> Phil is not a uh, a hoarder guy, so but it's still that, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Um, this week I was kind of I was thinking about um one of the first meet and greets that I went to. Uh, um, it's kind of I don't I don't know. I was I was kind of going through Facebook and like looking for like old like old coworkers or former coworkers that I had when I worked at um Sears. And um one of my one of them I didn't realize had passed away a couple of years ago. Um until I looked this up and like it got me to thinking um about the time that I actually met Batista. Um <laughs> the funny thing the funny thing with this, Batista was really cool. Um, it was about the time his first ruthless aggression aggression figure had come out, which I'd had held on to that thing for like a month. Didn't open it, got it signed by him. You know, we talked a little bit about the figure, and it comes with like the strangest accessory. It comes with a lamp of all things. It literally has like a table lamp in there. So uh, we're talking about how like weird the accessory was and stuff like that. And um, but the cool the the best thing about this, me and this coworker, his name was Jamie. We left work for two hours. Nobody knew we were gone. <laughs> and this was during this was fourth quarter. It was a Saturday. Oh man. The store was busy. <laughs> we disappeared for two hours to go stand in line. To do a meet and greet with Batista, and nobody knew we were gone. That's funny. Uh, it was so awesome. We got like all these like things signed. Like we got one for our boss, and brought it back to her. Uh, she's like, "Oh, that's cool. Where'd this come from?" I was like, "Oh, we just picked it up." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what what a. I'm just going to say, it. what a dumb bimbo. She's <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, she actually a pretty cool boss. She was actually, uh, one of my one of my really good friends uh, that I've had since high school. Her mom was actually my boss at Sears. So. <laughs> uh, that was funny. I think if she knew, if she had actually known that we left the store for two hours, I still don't think I would have gotten in trouble. But that was awesome. <laughs> uh, the type of stuff we used to do all the time. <laughs> Different things like that. But yeah, but like I said, Batista was pretty cool. It was a um, nice, fun little meet and greet. Uh, literally had some dude in front of me that had a pair of wrestling boots. They're like his personal wrestling boots that he got signed by Batista. It's not like he bought Batista's boots. He had his own personal wrestling boots that he got signed. All right, dude. That's cool. <laughs> All right, so let's go. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the Wrestle Get In fictional wrestler SmackDown before we get into the news. Okay, do it. All right. So this um, I'll turn into a fun little tournament here. <laughs> we've literally got the potential for the next round matchups to have Thunderlips 
versus Rip Thomas. Nice. Which is it's freaking hilarious to me. That is like two funny. Hulk Hogan. Two Hulk Hogan characters going at it. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you like more? Ah, uh, that's a that's a tough one for me. Because I'm not, I wasn't really like I've seen the Rocky movies. Like I like the Rocky movies, but I'm not like a huge fan of that franchise. Like it's not one of my favorites. But I love No Holds Barred. So like me, I'd I'd go for Rip Thomas. The funniest thing about him in uh, in Rocky though is he's like beating the shit out of Rocky, and then after the match, he's like. Oh yeah, it was all nice. It's cool. What's up, man? We take pictures. It's just so funny, like how like in character he was. He just like cut it off after the match. Uh, let's see. So we've got um, aside from that potential for the next round, the way that it's shaped up now, these votes are on Twitter. Um, so you've got a few, uh, a couple days left on these. We've got Rip Thomas taking on the Foreigner, uh, Kid Muscle going one on one with Thunderlips. Bonesaw McGraw taking on Randy the Ram Robinson and Jimmy King going one-on-one with Zangief. So definitely got some time to vote for your favorite on those. I've I've got a very strong feeling that Jimmy King and one of these uh, Hulk Hogan characters is going to be in the finals. Be very surprised <laughs> if, yep. if it goes any other way. But this would be pretty cool. All right. So. All right. That's going to wrap up the, the fun stuff there. So let's get in to the news. Well, hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The number, what's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline, you may do so by dialing one 900 hulk all right, so let's let's just jump right into this because it's going to be a little while on this subject here. Um, WWE just finished off their series of the 50 greatest tag teams. Um, Carl's plunging his toilet again. <laughs> so they dropped the top five, um, which number one. Number one, according to WWE, of their 50 greatest tag teams of all time, is the New Day. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I'm just gonna read off the top ten here, just because this literally the top ten is main is pretty much all that matters on these lists anyway. Um, so you have the New Day number one, the Hardys number two, Heart Foundation number three. Edge and Christian, number four. The Dudleys, number five. Legion of Doom, number six, which I call bullshit. Uh, the Usos, number seven. New Age Outlaws, eight. Brothers of Destruction, nine. And the British Bulldogs, ten. This A lot of this top ten, for me personally, it just does not make any sense at all. Yep. Perdoodles. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, I guess, like, so you want to talk about like people that were left off, or do you want to? 
go on who oh we we can talk we can add some people in here that are left off definitely you come out the that are left off the top 10 or left off the whole list well, the left off the list in general so in well, well first of all i just want to get one big thing out of the way why in the goddamn hell is fucking team hell no on this list why yeah. i mean yeah to, but they were to me to me they were a better tag team than they're a better better tag team than some other people that were made the list. Oh, oh no. Yeah. That was just I mean, one that bothered me. Well you put you put Team Hell No on there over the Brain Busters, over FTR. Okay, yeah. They work for AEW. Who gives a shit? They still were part of your company and they are still two of the greatest damn tag teams in WWE history. Yeah. What you're gonna so can I give, this list? Can I give some of the people that were left off the list that I thought like could have made it? Yeah. All right. So there's no uh, no legacy on here. Freddy Rhodes and uh, Ted DiBiase. Yeah. yeah, that's all. That's all slight for Cody being in AEW. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's no uh, Lance Cade or Trevor Murdoch. Nope. Nope. And I'd put that um, over fucking. Oh, Jesus. Like, some of these teams on here. Uh, there's two uh, two tag teams featuring Owen Hart that ain't on here, which is surprising. Uh, the Owen Hart Yokozuna. Yeah. And the, or Owen Hart Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, even that high energy is not on here either. Like, I don't um, even have the list up. Freaking, let me find it real quick. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no billion kit. My freaking nope. laptop's being garbage. Um, uh, no, uh, two dudes with attitude. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Yeah. Uh, which to me is like, I consider more of a tag team than, um, DX, HBK, Triple H. Um, especially because, like, HBK, Triple H wasn't really presented as a tag team, like, in their heyday. Like, I know they have, like, Rocket Tag Team, like, when they yeah, brought DX a, back. But, yeah, it wasn't until, like, 2006. Yeah. There were more, because it was just uh, that. Um, it was just those. The Executioner? You remember the, ex- you remember the, extra, the Executioners? Vaguely. The mask guys, the guys with the mask. Okay, nobody remembers yeah. them. Uh, Hurricane Rosie. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then uh, what about the clones? The clones are what known here. Yeah, and that's they were the first unified tag team champions. Okay. Uh, for the first undisputed tag team champions, it beat the Heart Dynasty. Okay. Uh, right. So now can we talk about people that were kind of snubbed in the list? You know who else is on here? It's a damn shame. You should have put Kai and Ty on this list. I just don't get it. <laughs> I, I think they were never tag team champions. But no, they were. <laughs> they were like a joke. I mean, they're so they're so them. a decent tag team. But like yeah. some of these guys, too, like yeah, if we just look at the we just look at the top ten. How are the Legion of Doom not in the top five? Uh, I mean, 
to me, like if you the Legion, if you don't want to count the Legion of Doom and say like, okay, they had better careers in NWA, AWA, WCW, then uh, can we can uh, why is Demolition so far down? Like they had like one times as like as tag champions. That's all yeah. I'm gonna ask is like WCW and stuff like that included on this or not? No, no, right? no, it's all just WWE. Yeah. Um, so any any team that wrestled for WWE, they're not looking at anything outside of their their WWE careers. But even then, there's no team in WWE history that got the pop that the Road Warriors got, that the Legion of Doom got. Any time that they came out for a match, like they're Except one of the most every, successful. From every demolition, but even then, like like the the Legion of Doom, like the pop that they got was so loud that it resonated backstage, like throughout the arena. Like no other team got that pop. That's why it's called the Road Warrior pop. Yeah. Um... Like I said, like I said, like I don't, I don't know what they're what they're going off of. Um, I like I said, it's just their their WWE career, so I don't know if it's like the like their matches, their matches like yeah. overall popularity, something like that. I mean, if you're going by overall popularity, then by all means, you know, New Day deserves to be in the top five, not the number one spot. I would probably say the Hardys. Would be number if you're one going over to New Day. If you're going to popularity, like this pure popularity, then fucking the Mega Powers would probably be number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I do, um, I do think that the New Day deserves to be in the top ten. Maybe top ten. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, like. Uh, Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys, or the Hardy Boys, you can make an argument for like one. Uh, I think Demolition's way too far down. Uh, the New Age Outlaws at number eight, like, uh, get the fuck out of here. Uh, I don't know why the Brothers of Destruction are at number nine. Like, they should not even be in the top ten. They were a garbage tag team, honestly. Like, can you uh, can you think of a Brothers of Destruction match that was actually that one that you can actually remember as with them as a tag team? Not really. Oh, yeah. Um, someone like Demolition had feuds with pretty much every top tag team, and you know had decent yeah. matches with a lot of them. Oh. I mean, no headbangers, right? Did I say that already? The no headbangers headbangers? There are no headbangers on here. Yeah. Oh, I thought they were on here. Oh, no. The head shrinkers are on The head shrinkers are on there. Head shrinkers are. Uh, too Cool is way too far down at 49. Like, that is ridiculous. Um, and like, up here, like, uh, Professor Tanaka and Mr. Fuji? Like, yeah, I saw eight. that. I was confused over something over like other teams like Strike Force being forty six. Like really? I don't. Uh, to, to be fair, that uh, they actually 
Mr. Fuji and um, uh, they actually had a long reign with the belts uh, back in the 80s. Okay. Yeah. And we can. Uh, same thing with like the Blackjacks and uh, some of the other teams, but still. Um, um, yeah, I don't know why the New Age Laws are so far down. I don't know why the, the British Bulldogs are at 10. That, to me, they should be higher. Uh, APA, like at 24, they should be higher. Um, I'd even make a case for the bar being higher. Yeah. Like, if you're going to put New Day as number one, the bar should definitely be in, like, your top 15. I don't know how the, the Street Profits made the fucking list. Uh, uh, I would agree. Uh, I mean, they had a good year. That was, uh, there wasn't any other tag teams to fucking the, have a match with. <laughs> the funny thing with this is this, this whole thing was hosted by Brazongo, and they're not even on here. And then they got fired. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's like any of these lists. It's like I said, it's all subjective. It's all opinion. Um, Obviously, these are the teams that WWE thinks are their top 50 greatest teams in history of the yeah. WWE. I mean, there's always room to argue for your favorite team. But if you if you go back to any top tag team list that WWE has done prior to this Legion of Doom is always number one or number two that's why I'm very surprised to see that they're not even in the top five yeah I mean to me uh I mean like I, I can understand them saying like okay Legion of Doom had uh um better runs and other organizations but to me like demolition uh powers of pain no i'm looking powers of pain ain't on, on here either nope terrible uh, so many people got slighted from this list yeah to me like there's some people up here that shouldn't be up here um like i said earlier dx brothers and destructions way too high uh, the Rock and Side Connection, I love that tag team, but I wouldn't have them 16th. They'd probably be like way on down the list. Yeah. Uh, like, how are you going to put Rock and Sock over Eddie and Chavo? Or even the Shield over Eddie and Chavo? Like, really? Yeah. yeah. Alright, so I'm looking up like a really old I'll list. Of like the top fifty. I think they have uh, Nikolai Vokov and the Iron Sheik up there. Is Nikolai Vokov and the Iron Sheik? Because I'm pretty sure their tag name, uh, name was the Foreigners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm reading like a really old list on WWE.com. Like this is a really old list. Yeah. I'll just start naming teams on here. I see that are not here. Paul London and Brian uh, Brian Kendrick. They're on here. Are they? Yeah, yeah there's number thirty-nine. Twin Towers. Moon Towers. That's uh, that's a uh, big boss man, right? In the king. Big boss man and uh, um, yeah, Akeem. Yep. Akeem, the African king. Uh, book dust. <laughs> uh, killer bees. Uh, do body donnas. 
Are they body diamonds or not on here? Yeah. US sure. US Express. Uh, I don't know who that is. I was Lex Luger and someone else. I remember for what, the US um, it like Express? It I thought that was the huh? Magnetic the US Express Garrett. Uh hold on, I'm sorry. I I'm like way past it. Uh U.S. Express, the duo of Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. Oh, Mike Rotunda. Yeah. Okay. The Oriental Express ain't on here. The Orient Express. Brainbusters. Colossal Connection. Colossal Connection, that's uh, um, Under the Giant and Haku. Yes. Yep. Uh, Los Guerreros. They're on here. They're number 25. Higher. Nasty Boys. Nasty Boys are on here. Money Inc. Money Inc. is on here. The funny thing, Jericho was on this list. Which it should be. I honestly uh, am yeah. okay with that. But uh, the thing is, like, you have Jericho on here, but you couldn't put FTR or the Brain Busters on here? Well, it's just like you were talking about. They didn't want people with AEW on there, but they have the Bludgeon Brothers. I mean, granted, I understand how half of it isn't technically anymore, but sorry, yeah. too soon. <laughs> I don't know, wouldn't like Kane and Big Show was a better tag team than fucking. Uh, I think it's because Jericho and Big Show had like all the tag team titles for a while. They did. They actually had both. They, they had both for a while. Well, they won them. They won them from the. Um, they won them off. I can't remember who they won them off. It might have been the Colognes that they won them off of. It may because they was had at them that for point. a while. Because they unified the tag titles. Right. And the Colognes were the first ones to be the the unified tag champions, but it wasn't until the Hart Dynasty won them that they got the new. Like those um, those copper titles, mm-hmm. like with the new design that they have now, but it was black strap with like the copper title, the copper plate on it. The yeah. Hart Dynasty were the first ones to get those title belts. So Jericho and Big Show, they had the the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships. So it was the same with uh with the Colognes. All right, so this is from 2012. I'll read you off the top ten. The top ten is number ten is the Dudley Boys. Number nine is the Wild Samoans. Wow. Legion of Doom is number eight. So sorry, I didn't go what? up. Yeah. This is WWE.com. The Valiant Brothers are number seven. The British Bulldogs are number six. The Hardys are number five. The New Age Outlaws are number four. Demolition is number three. The Heart Foundation is two. The Edge and Christian is number one. Wow. So, a little different. That top five is just wow. Yeah. Well, that top five is better than this one. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, that top five doesn't have, I mean, that list too doesn't have any of those people you guys are complaining about. <laughs> like, the New Day wasn't even a, a thought. Yeah. Uh, 2012, Kofi was still Jamaican. <laughs> yep. I don't know. He may have just got told he wasn't. Maybe. 
Wait, I don't know. aren't you too big? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So that any any top fifty top whatever list is going to cause controversy. I'm just glad this wasn't done by ESPN because it would have been Sasha Banks and Bailey as the number one tag team. Yeah, which it was funny. I didn't say on that list of tag teams, but Lake Cool was on that tag team list. On the one that you're the one from 2012. <laughs> yep. I I can't argue with that Lake Cool was a great tag team. Honestly, I agree. I love Layla and Michelle McCool. Yeah, like they're uh, amazing. Again. I agree. I don't know. Hey, hey, with all them, new... put them above the Street Profits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the street, the street profits on here. I'm surprised they didn't have like fucking um, Sasha and Bailey or something. You know, they're a better tag team. Well, Wait, if it was done by uh, yes, they didn't have anybody from like the nation on there, did they? No. I the nation really didn't have like a set tag team though. I mean. <clears throat> you can make that case for a lot of those teams, for a lot of teams, though. On that, uh, I mean, I mean, well, like with the factions, yeah. I mean, I but, guess like, there's usually, a lot of factions on there. Like I mean, the granted, tag, I guess, like, I guess with like the Shield, you would obviously consider it to be Ambrose and Rollins. Yeah. Which again goes back to that whole AEW thing you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, with like the Nation, though, it was. Like their tag teams, it was pretty much any combination of D'Lo and the Godfather or D'Lo and the Rock, right? Or like Mark Henry in there at some point. But it was there was never really a set tag team that competed for the tag titles with the Nation. Gotcha. At least the WWE version of the Nation. Right. We are the Nation of domination. All right, so that's their 50 greatest tag teams. Like I said, any list is going to cause some type of controversy because someone's not going to agree. And any it. list you put the new date number one is going to piss Carl off. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, I I'm, mean, you can have them on the you can have them on the list. Like, to I be mean, fair, they like, they at the very least deserve to be on that list. I mean, like, granted, a lot of their accomplishments are because of. Um, what WWE puts them at, but still they're yeah. like still a good tag team. Yeah, I mean the last the last five years alone, the New Day has put out banger matches with Bar, the Usos, Harper right. and Rowan. I would and say the only team of like that's new new that's on there I wouldn't have put on there would have been the Street Profits. Profits. I hundred percent went out they of have a, on that list. They've had one tag title reign. Yeah, um, since they've been moved up to. Since they moved to the flagship roster, they haven't done anything significant. They haven't been a part of a significant feud at all. So nope. it's like if you're going to put them on there, you might as well put the Viking Raiders on there. Yeah, no, 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 no. The Viking experience or, on me. Or Styles and Omas. Might as well put them on there too. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get into. Um, some AEW versus WWE stuff that had transpired since last Saturday. Um, let's start off with, um, from Saturday's edition of Dynamite. Um, Eddie Kingston, 
after the show had gone off the air, had cut a promo for the audience. Um, the, this caught the attention of Bully Ray this week on Busted Open Radio. Uh, it was like Monday or Tuesday they were talking about this. Um, Kingston basically ran down the WWE locker room saying, you know, they don't have any heart, blah, blah, blah. Like, AEW has the greatest locker room in wrestling, all this other stuff. I mean, it's cool that you have pride in your company. And you should, by all means, should be waving that flag for your company. But Bully Ray said it best. Eddie Kingston's never worked for WWE. So for him to go on spouting off the mouth about WWE's locker room, he really doesn't have a horse in that race compared to, like, Cody or FTR or Sean Spears. You know, guys like that that have actually worked for WWE, even Jericho, that can say something about WWE's locker room or the, you know, the the atmosphere. Bully Ray pretty much said that Eddie Kingston needs to stay in his lane and shut the fuck up. Damn, Skippy. So, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, I Uh, 100% agree. About anything Bully Ray has to say is pretty accurate. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think kind of the same thing um, a little while ago. Yeah, it's just like I'm. I'm so tired of like the the mentality of AEW versus WWE. Like that, there's some kind of war going on between these two companies. They're not even on the same night anymore. And even then, it was against what WWE considers their developmental show. Like, like they're not pulling numbers that they can beat Raw or SmackDown with. If your fans are so devoted to watching your show, why aren't they watching you on Friday night? Why aren't they watching you on Saturday night? The only night that you can pull your big ratings is on Wednesday. Because as soon as they bounce back to this week, their ratings went up to like 850,000. Which was you know, a huge up from even their last Saturday was like 600,000. Know. I don't know, but uh, I agree with Bully Ray on that one. But like, the, You can't really speak to a company's locker room if you've never been in that locker room. Yeah, um, but I mean... It's nothing that hasn't been said before, though. Yeah, so I'm saying, yeah. like, Undertaker had said something about it. Yeah, it, it's a it's a two way street. It's just it just got more publicized by Eddie Kingston. Um, just I don't know, just dude, worry about making your product good. Stop worrying about what the other company's doing. Yeah. Is Boy Ray working for WWE right now? No. No. Yeah, no, he don't work for anybody, I don't think. Yeah, he's not under contract with anyone right now. I didn't know if he's like you would like uh busted open on him on there. Like that that's a really good thing to listen to. I can't think of that other guy that's on the show with him though. Um under I think it's all Brian Alvarez, is it? No, not him. Um 
I can't remember. I think it is. I think it's Brian Alvarez. Whoever it is, that guy is really good too. Like yeah. the two of them are like really mixed well together. Yeah, and even uh, Mark Henry is on there every now and then too. Yep. Kind of fills in like Bully Ray is not on. So, mm-hmm. but it's still it's still really good. Listen, yeah. um, it is. I mean, a lot of it, like why I like it too, is because like you get like his perspective on like that something like that that situ- whole situation like. You get a perspective yeah. from him on like what he feels about that. Yeah. Um, the other big thing coming out of here, um, I still have to see on Twitter is um, between AEW and NXT this week, there were two pretty much two injuries. Uh, Mercedes Martinez got kicked in the head, got knocked out. Um, Rebel. Um, injured her knee, I believe. I believe it was her knee that got injured during the tag team match on Dynamite. They called the match on NXT. Like, as soon as it happened, like, like seconds after it happened, they stopped the match and made sure that Martinez was okay. AEW, the doctors did not come to check on Rebel until minutes after the match was over. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's how it should be. You get injured, finish the damn match. Uh, it happens all the time in wrestling. I mean, uh, that's just... fine. That's fine with finishing the match, but like your doctor is at ringside and was not alerted that there was an issue with one of the talent. Like Rebel had tagged out to Britt Baker. Um, like, you know, like she was supposed to, and Britt Baker finished the match with Vicky, um, having Vicky Guerrero tap out to. Um, the lockjaw, but Rebel is like laying on the apron. Obviously, something was wrong with her, but the, you never see the doctor go check on her until Aubrey alerts him minutes after the match is over that Rebel was injured. Like that should have been that should have been one of those things like that happened before the finish of the match, just to make sure that she was okay. And then they tried to have her. As long as it's, as long as it's not life or death, like you don't have to have nobody kick on anybody. Just finish the match and then you can get backstage and fix it or do whatever. I so I still think their overall safety should be more more concerning than a television match. I agree, Carl. You're the one. Well, I'm just saying, fucking Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle, it's, and, and like, there's been plenty of wrestlers that, like, fucking Stone Cold broke his neck and finished the match. Wait, here, you said Kurt Angle here, just for you, ready? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, only Chris probably knows what that was from. That's from that, uh, the entrance greets, Kurt Angle. Yep. <laughs> what a great figure. It's an awesome figure. No, but I, you know, some some of those cases, yeah, finish the match. But still, like, medical staff still, like, during a tag team match, there's been instances where someone's got injured and the medical team has been there to check on them. Like, once the injury has happened, they've gotten clear of the ring. Yep. Like, that's, that's all I'm saying is the big difference between AEW and WWE is, you know, medical staff was right there. And they're alerted as soon as it happened. AEW, like, it's minutes after the match. So they tried to have her walk out on her own. 
Yeah, that's because uh, AEW has heart, you know. Fucking not like WWE. They have a lot of they have a lot of heart. Oh, yeah, we like uh, our our people to be injured and not have a life outside of wrestling. We want them to just, you know, be paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah, that's why. No, she, was, know. she wasn't paralyzed from the waist down. She's just a little injured. It happens. It's wrestling. Do, how do you know she's just a little injured? Did you check up on her? Nobody else did uh-huh. either. So. So that's why the, that's why you have a rep. If it's something, or if it's something like life threatening then yeah you could like call the match or whatever but any like any minor injury like wrestlers get well, injured all the time well that's what happens when you have a good ref not aubrey yep. <laughs> no aubrey is a character she's not a ref she's a character if your referee is more over than half the talent in the match that's a character all right, let's let's wrap up the, the in-ring news. Let's get into um, the quick little blurb here for figure news. Uh, last week, we talked about um, the rumors from new uh, lineups coming. Uh, we did have some reveals, um, official Mattel reveals via WWE.com this past Monday afternoon. Uh, we got some San Diego Comic-Con reviews coming up here in the next week or so as well. Um, so looking forward to seeing what... Um, Mattel and WWE got up their sleeves for that. But um, as far as what was shown on WWE.com, Elite 87, uh, which is going to be the first series to have the double-jointed elbows, the pinless double-jointed elbows. Uh, but it's just going to be in their male figures, the male superstar figures. So Asuka and Candice LeRae are not going to have those updated elbow joints. Um, but Otis, Braun Strowman, uh santos escobar sounds really uh sounds really sexist yeah pretty much yeah um apollo will be the chase in that set, who's going to come with the new u.s title yeah he's got the u.s title um and and the walmart exclusives figure for this is going to be the warlord uh but it's gonna be a powers of pain edition warlord which sucks because i don't think we're ever going to get a barbarian Uh, let's see. We talked Legend Series 12 that was officially revealed. Uh, Junkyard Dog will be the chase for that set. He's going to come red and blue tights, red or blue tights. I believe the red is the standard, blue is the chase. Uh, he also has the King of the Ring crown. Uh, Billy Gunn will have um, soft goods shirt and pants. So it'll be a DX shirt with the camouflage pants. He's got the helmet with the sticks in it from the, uh, the DX Army invasion of WCW. Um, so it's pretty much two figures in one. He's got his white ring gear on underneath that. Uh, Kevin Nash, um, uh, will have a soft goods outsiders t-shirt and Roddy Piper actually has his black t-shirt with the, um, the image of, of him on there. So that's a uh, legend series 12 target exclusive, uh, basic one twenty two was showing off as well. We already knew this one on Chelsea green. Who's the chase in that set? Drew McIntyre, Charlotte, Damian Priest. Uh, 123, which would be Otis, Dexter Loomis's first figure. Um, Braun Strowman, uh, Jake Atlas, which will be his, his first figure as well. He's the chase in that set. 
and an updated Bobby Lashley in the long tights. And then Masters of the WWE Universe, the newest wave for that one, which will be Sergeant Slaughter, Junkyard Dog, Andre the Giant, who will be taller than the other figures in the line, and Brett the Hitman Hart. So that's um, some of the Mattel reveals there. Uh, we also had also had some Ultimate Edition figures show up on Amazon, which will be Amazon exclusive. There's a Hulk Hogan from WrestleMania 9, which I believe the, these are the, the first of the fan takeover elites. I believe that Hogan was one that was voted for. So he's supposed to come with um, rumored to come with his red pants and Hulkamania t-shirt from later that night when he won the WWF title. And the other figure in that set is Jeff Hardy, um, who will come with the, the WWE title as well. With a newer a spinner style WWE title. Thanks. So those are due um, later this year. If it's like fall for those guys. Um, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it for the figure news. Well, let's no, go. it's not. I don't nope. know. No, it's not. Nope. What you got? It's not. Uh, there's a uh, new Funko Pops coming out uh, that Chris didn't talk about. He's talking about those pins. Well, there's those, but you didn't see the new Triple H. Uh, oh, the, the GameStop Triple H, yeah. That looked pretty dope. Yeah, that's from the uh, was it the 2000 like uh, the DX um um reunion. Don't tell. Yeah, that me. one did look. That did look pretty cool. Chris, don't do not lie to me because you're what? you're bullshitting me. Whether you care about those pins or not, there was too much of ones, and you know I you're know gonna buy them. I'm not actually. I saw the the Funko pins when I was in Hot Topic the other day, they and I think that they look like shit. Yeah, they so, <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna buy like shitty merchandise though. So. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I know what they looked like, like either until I had seen them for the first time. I was like, wow, these are garbage. Speaking yeah, <laughs> of um, speaking of Macho Man, if you're gonna do fucking joint elbow toy. Come in, be the first put out so that you could do the uh, fine elbow. Yeah, you would think so. You would think that. <laughs> but no, I think the um, I don't even think the ultimate editions have double jointed elbows. No, I don't think so either. Not any of you. Yeah. The WrestleGeddon Podcast is brought to you each and every week by StackofCards.com. Yes, that's StackofCards with a Z.com. The best place for your trading card fix. Whether it's new packs or vintage packs, sports cards or entertainment cards, StackofCards.com has everything you need to feed that trading card addiction. Plus, if you use the code VINTAGE at checkout, you'll save an additional 10% off your order. So pick up your cards today at stackacards.com. That's stackacards with a Z.com. All right, so there's that. Let's go ahead. Let's go bell to bell. Yeah. 
some of the shit wrestling we got this week. <laughs> hey, there was a lot of good wrestling. We just there, didn't all watch it. Some, there was some good stuff. Um, I, I've already watched the most wrestling I've ever watched this week. I know, in crazy. A while. <laughs> I actually watched like half of Raw. I regretted it. <laughs> oh yeah, I only watched, I watched the last hour of Raw. That was it. So. You watched the last hour. I watched like the first hour, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So SmackDown this week, Big E and Carmella qualified for their respective Money in the Bank matches. Um, I, I, it is what it is. I'm, I'm looking forward to Money in the Bank. It's going to be the first pay per view since WrestleMania with a full crowd. Um. So now that we're getting back into having crowds in the arena for these shows, we're really going to see who's going to break out as far as crowd response goes and who's just going to get completely shit on. Roman Reigns. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Like, is Roman actually going to get booed? Are people going to start cheering him? Well, this is literally... Because th- this is literally what people have wanted was a heel Roman Reigns, and we got it. And it's one of the the more intriguing characters on SmackDown, the more interesting uh, characters on SmackDown. I think most people. I think there's more Roman Reigns fans now than there were, so I think he probably get cheered. He probably end up turning face. I think so too. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but uh, also on SmackDown, Edge returned to answer to pretty much um, throw his hat immediately into challenging Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship, which will happen at Money in the Bank. So we're getting Edge versus Roman, and we're getting Kofi versus Lashley for the the two big title matches at Money in the Bank. Could you imagine Kofi beating Bobby Lashley? Yeah, and then having uh, Drew McIntyre, who immediately qualified for Money in the Bank this past Monday on Raw, uh, win it and cash in on Kofi. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, yep. We can't because we got to have McIntyre in that title picture for another seven, eight months. So, God forbid, we'll find a way to get him to challenge for that title again. It's called Money in the <laughs> Bank. The only thing with him being in that ladder match, though, is everybody be able to see up the skirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I got to say, as much as Matt Riddle has been, like, incredibly annoying, his uh, note that he wrote at the beginning of Raw to get oh, my God, the, that was great. the Battle Royal was, that was awesome. Great. That was amazing. Aloha. This is Randy. Aloha. <laughs> I totally give my permission for Matt Riddle, for Riddle, who is an awesome dude, to take my place and represent <laughs> me at the Battle Royal. <laughs> <laughs> and this shit was written in crayon. Yep. Yeah, yep. he's starting oh, to grow on me, though. Like, I didn't like him at first, but I'm starting to... He's... Definitely one of the more entertaining aspects of Raw. Like him, this whole the whole Riddle and Orton dynamic have been pretty entertaining. 
like especially like later on in the night after he had uh, won the battle royal and he's getting ready for the triple threat match and he's just standing back there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who was it that came up and talked to him? Ah, uh, shit. I can't remember who, who, who was talking to him backstage. But he's like, I'm not Riddle. I'm Randy Orton. I'm the Viper. Oh, I don't Apex remember that. It was Priest. That's what it was. Damien Priest. And they... He's like, I'm the, I'm the Viper. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh. Was it Damien Priest? I don't know. I don't remember who it was. But, yeah. Oh, it was entertaining. And the, the triple threat match was pretty good. Like, I was kind of, I thought Riddle was going to go pretty much pick up the win on that and solidify Orton being in the ladder match. But instead, we get a claim more and McIntyre qualifies for money in the bank. It's because we got to get Riddle versus Orton. But not at money in the bank. No. Because Riddle's in the money in the bank match. But Riddle will probably get cost his money in the bank by Orton. Maybe. We'll see what happens. I mean, it doesn't make sense to do that since Orton, since Riddle pretty much cost Orton his shot at getting into the money in the bank match. Oh. Uh, yeah, so there's that. And the only the only other thing that I found that I liked on Raw was the, the six-woman tag match. Um, the biggest reason why I like this is because I love the pairing of Charlotte, Natalia, and Tamina. And I just, I think they would be a great stable together. Like a, like a legacy type stable, like a female version of legacy. Sorry, I'm dropping shit. Um, yeah, they did pretty good. <laughs> I was like, there's a lot of dead air here. <laughs> Sorry, I was dropping shit. Dropping shit or dropping a shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was on the city the whole time. <laughs> what do you think Carl's been punching the whole episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! Oh yeah, so that, I want to see more of that. Uh, Charlotte, Natty, and, and Tamina—that's what I want to see more of. I enjoyed that. Maybe adding like, well, then again, there's not really another legacy type. Um female on the roster that could really add in there to be a serious that be taken serious in that type of role because Carmella, yes, technically is second generation, but her dad was a jobber. <laughs> and not even a good jobber. It's not like he was the Brooklyn brawler. <laughs> oh it's gonna be an interesting thing to do with the three of them to be different. Um NXT this week Isaiah Swerve Scott is your new North American champion, defeating Bronson Reed in the main event. Yeah, buddy. I'm kind of surprised that they dropped the uh, took the title off of Reed so soon. I am not. You want to know but why? I think he's I think he's going to the main roster. Yep. It's just like that's why Karrion Cross is going to lose this title to Jenny Gagano. 
Uh, if he doesn't lose the Gargano, I'm sure he's going to lose someone. But um, I actually, you know, what? it's not the main roster anymore. Right? Like I'm, like I heard the term last week, listening to a couple other podcasts, flagship roster. Because honestly, I think NXT is equal to the other two shows. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Equal with better. Not, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it's not equal better to the other two shows. But um, flagship roster is what we're we're going with now. So, the NXT roster and the flagship roster. Um, so yeah, so I'm sure those two are gonna pop up there eventually. Um, and then Eo and Zoe start. One uh, threat. Tag title contenders match. So they'll be taking on um holster faces. Right now. Um why the hell am I drawing a blank? Like on the Who? women's tag champions on NXT. Oh, it's Candace LeRae and Indy Candace, yeah, it's Candace and Indy. Jesus, man. I'm there? sitting here thinking like Raquel and Dakota, but like no, they're in the nope. match. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll get that match at uh, next week's NXT, which is the Great American Bash. Uh, seeing how it's happening after Fourth of July, so the card for this is shaping up pretty well. It should be a great NXT. Yep. Which we're gonna have Cameron Grimes be a Butler. <laughs> Dude, yeah, so we got a million dollar title match. Cameron Grimes versus L.A. Knight. Um, if Knight wins, Cameron Grimes will become his butler. So that's, I, I think L.A. Knight's picking up the win on this one, honestly, <laughs> just for that. Um, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai will challenge Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae for the NXT Women's title. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher versus MSK. That right there has potential to be the match of the night. Yep. Even over Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. But it doesn't look like we're getting an NXT title match between Cross and Gargano. Probably save that for the next takeover. Uh, yeah, so NXT this week. NXT continues to be, like, consistent and one of the better WWE-produced shows every single week. But it's uh, not getting... I don't. They're not getting the recognition that they deserve as far as, like, ratings and stuff like that. Because, like, everybody is like, oh, it's a WWE show, so it's got to be terrible, like Raw and SmackDown. Total bullshit. Um, all right, so let's go from that. Um, NWA this week, real quick here. Uh, Kylie Ray upsets Melina, picks up the win. Uh, Genocide defeats Lady Frost. We're supposed to have a television title match between the Pope and Sal Renaro. Um, Colby Carino actually attacked Sal before the match, so that match did not happen. Um, but instead, we get a six man tag match. Which is kind of interesting because it was um, Aaron Stevens leading a team and Kratos leading a team. So it was um, Stevens um, teaming up with Mims and some guy named Captain Yuma who looked like fucking Scuba Steve. uh, Taking on Kratos and the team of Luke and PJ Hawks. The 
The cool thing with this match is Stevens and Kratos pretty much went to a neutral corner for the majority of it. And we're just standing there talking about the match while Mims and Captain Yuma and the Hawks uh, pretty much did a lot of the, the match work. Of course. Yeah, I mean, if you if you get a second, Google Captain Yuma. <laughs> I don't think like, I need to. Literally looks like fucking Scuba Steve. <laughs> if Scuba Steve was a wrestler, it's it's Captain Yuma. <laughs> but um, this one ended up being a no contest. Uh, La Rebellion uh, ended up interfering in the match and beating down um, Captain Yuma. <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah. It's, that was pretty much bad. Like, it wasn't a bad episode of, of uh, Power. The uh, women's matches were probably the better of the two, better of the three matches that were on there this week. Um, speaking of not such a good edition of a wrestling show, AEW was not that great this week. Or should we call it WWE Dynamite? WWE Dynamite? WWE Dynamite, Jim Ross going off the air said there's no better no better show than watching a live WWE Dynamite. Oh my god. Close the show. It's a hundred percent something he would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like sorry to say and Kenny Omega's to be off WWE commentary like five years ago. Like, I don't have a problem with Jim Ross being on commentary. I think he needs to be used for the bigger matches. He needs to be used sparingly and needs to be used for the bigger interviews. Like with the bigger talent. So I, I just don't think he needs to be the voice of AEW. I think we're fine with Tony Schiavone and Excalibur doing commentary. Yep. Like we, we really don't need Jim Ross. What if he um, he let it slip, but Kenny Omega is actually going to win Money in the Bank? <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be quite entertaining, but we know that's not going to happen. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Kenny Omega, him and the uh, Young Bucks were set were rocking some uh, ridiculously seventies uh, porn. Movies stashes <laughs> like oh my god um yeah but uh aw this week pretty much the only match that you needed to watch sammy guevara versus mjf nice hands down the only reason to watch dynamite this week like and you don't even need to watch it just go to the main event and watch that um, these two, yeah. the first time, finally, we get these two one-on-one. Um, MJF ends up picking up the win, but this was a hell of a match between the two of them. So. Yeah, and if you want another great main event to watch, you need to watch the Ring of Honor main event for Monday. Uh, it was amazing and awesome, and I knew, like, nobody in this match. <laughs> but it was still pretty cool. I even pulled it up. So this is what it was. It was the Survival of the Fittest six-way elimination finals. It was Demonic Flamita versus Brian Johnson versus Eli Izomo. Izo? I don't know how you say it. Isom. Isom. Versus Chris Dickinson versus Bandito versus Rhett Titus. 
fucking match was awesome. So, so how many of them did you not recognize in that match? Okay, so I knew, so name-wise, I knew Brian Johnson, I knew Chris Dickinson, I knew Bandito, and I knew Rhett Tynes. The other two I didn't, like, know, no. But, so, like, uh, I didn't know, know them at all. I just knew the names. So, Demonic Flamita is is a new version of Flamita. It was part of, um, was I think it was the Lifeblood, gr- the Lifeblood group with Bandito and... Um, is it uh, Juice Robinson. Um, Eli Isom has been, he's been on there quite a bit. He used to be, was he part of the, I think he was part of the Shinobi Shadow Squad with Cheeseburger. Uh-huh. You gotta remember, I don't really watch Ring of Honor like that. I yeah. need to watch it more. But he is, um, I believe he is teaming with Dalton Castle. And I can't remember who the other guy is, but I think Isom and someone else are team with Dalton Castle for the six man tag team. Yeah. I love Dalton Castle's new yeah. new gimmick. It's great. Do, do you want to guess who won this match? Um the Bandito. He did. Yep. I saw the results and for that. So he's gonna he, face Roosh for the Roosh. World Heavyweight title. Yep. Pretty cool. Figured match. I, I believe also don't I, understand uh, why. Why are the Briscoes hating each other? Are they doing? The, I the see Briscoes, they're doing what the Hardys did. Every every couple years, the Briscoes feud with each other. It's so like, funny it's, because they're doing like exactly what the fucking Hardys are doing. Oh, we hate each other. Let's do uh, a fight at my house in the backyard. Yeah, and that's exactly what they're doing next week. They're doing like yeah. a farm. Farmhouse match or some shit. <laughs> yeah, the Briscoes, like, every few years they split the Briscoes up and they feud with each other for a little bit, and then they end up get, getting back together for some reason and start going after attacking titles again. So It's all because um, Jay Briscoe didn't want to be didn't want to be um, tagging with Mark Briscoe anymore. and said he wanted to take a break as a tag team, and Mark got pissed. Yeah. That sounds very accurate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh man. Uh impact this week. Main event, six man tag team match. Um, the elite, uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers took on the team of Sammy Callahan, Moose, and Chris Saban. This is pretty much what you thought it was gonna be. Um Really predictable outcome as Moose and Saban will be challenging, taking on each other at Slammiversary. Um, of course, they couldn't get along with each other during this match. Uh, the Elite picks up the win. Surprise, surprise. But the biggest thing with this, and I think they just need to make it part of Kenny Omega's character, the Elite come out respectively wearing all four title belts that Kenny Omega has. So Kenny was actually wearing the Impact title. Anderson was wearing the AEW title. Gallows was wearing the TNA title. And Don Callis was wearing the AAA title. Like They really just need to have Kenny come out and say, I don't give a shit about these belts. I only win them because I can. Because I'm that damn good. Yep. And just go that way. Because he's already pissing fans off by having... Carl Anderson wear the AEW title belt and Don Callis with the AAA title. You know what he should just do? He should just come out there with a duffel bag and just have them all in the duffel bag. 
You want to be well. disrespectful. You want to be disrespectful holding fucking titles. May as well. You bring around a trash bag. Yeah, there you go. Hey, that works too. <laughs> With Mickey and James then, right hey, and then of- and then put make it like a white trash bag, and then write on the on the bag like my shitty titles. <laughs> I would just wear the AEW title out and have all, all the rest of them in the trash bag. <laughs> Why do I have these? Oh, yeah, but still, ah, uh, that's dynamite. Let me let me bounce back to that. Um, Andrade, um, who was interrupted last um, Saturday night by Matt Seidel. So apparently they're doing Andrade and Seidel next week, I believe. So those two are in Russell, which isn't going to be a bad match at all because it's Matt Seidel and Andrade. I don't I don't think that's going to be a bad matchup at all. No. But why are we not using this time to help build the triple A title match between Kenny Omega and Andrade in August? There's no mention of those two wrestling each other for the triple A mega championship. It's because they don't care. It's it's frustrating. So we'll watch this and know that these guys are challenging each other in a little over a month. Just like Slammiversary. Kenny Omega is defending the Impact title against Sammy Callahan. Why isn't Sammy Callahan showing up on Dynamite, you know, tormenting Kenny Omega? Like, why is this stuff only being built up on Impact or on AAA? Like, there's so much stuff that they can do with this. Shit, every week. It's the same thing every week. I'm, I'm done with it. Maybe their uh, locker room don't have heart. Do you think about that? Yeah, no, the locker rooms don't have heart. <laughs> Maybe it's because uh, we know how to book and other people don't. Apparently, I don't know. It could be. Um, speaking of which, uh, there is a great uh, follow on Twitter. Her name is Maria Shadows. Um, or Marie Shadows. Um, M-A-R-I-E Shadows. Uh, she actually had uh, left a comment on one of our tweets. She um, is an aspiring um, writer for, like, she, her passion is wrestling. She wants to be a, uh, a writer for one of the wrestling companies. So she actually written out an entire script leading up to uh, the match between Kenny Omega and Andrade. Which started with Andrade's debut all the way up through August. So she had every single week written out backstage segments, matches, and stuff involving these people. So definitely check out our um, her tweet on that. It's actually a really good read if you've got a few minutes to, to check that out. And she hits, she drives home the aspect of um, the cross promotion between these other shows, which is what they're what they're missing. So. Yep. Definitely something to check out. So. All right. So that's that's wrapping up bell to bell this week. Uh, oh, um, let's go ahead and get into the vintage throwdown and bring this baby home. Wrestling Society X episode ten, the final episode of Wrestling Society X. Uh, we start off the show with the Piranha Tank tag team match between the the cartel. Uh, Delicado, Little Cholo, taking on Los Pochos Guapos, uh, the team of Aaron, Aguilera, and Chaos. 
Um, <laughs> so this is, I don't even know how to explain this match or describe this at all. Um, they literally it's pretty much just beating the hell out of each other. And they're to win the match, which they never really explained how you win the match, but you have to put your opponent into the, the piranha tank. That's how you win. Uh, a couple of times here where the cartel was about to go into the prime tank and the other two guys, Al Jefe and other dude's name, put a foot over the top of the prime tank to keep their team from going in. So, <laughs> a lot of fun stuff with that. But the finish actually saw um, Chaos get clotheslined into the piranha tank by Aguilera. So Aaron Aguilera missed the clothesline on, I think it was uh, Delicado, who dodged the clothesline, and Aaron Aguilera ended up clotheslining Chaos over the rope into the Piranha Tank. It was quite amusing. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, with this being the last episode, I'm sure they're going to do more with Aaron Aguilera and Chaos uh, as far as I'm splitting up and actually feuding, because uh, that seemed to be where this was going anyway. Um, in between that, we had a promo between with uh, Scorpio Sky, which he ended up getting interrupted by Vampiro. Vampiro beat down Sky um, as he called out Ricky Banderas. Banderas finally hit the ring. These two guys pretty much brawled until they were pulled apart. Uh, then we get to the main event, which is an exploding cage tag team match, which um, I believe... AEW should have watched this match when they did that exploding death match because this was uh, what you would expect for an exploding cage match. <laughs> uh, Team Dragon Gate ends up defeating the Filth and the Fury uh, with some help from uh, Sakota. Uh, basically, they never explained the rules on this match either, but to win the match, you had to climb the cage and hit the self-destruct button, the, the time bomb at the top of the cage, and then escape the cage. So Team Dragon does that. They get out the ring, and normal, like literally seconds after they get out the ring, the entire ring explodes, and you see uh, Filth and the Fury just kind of passed out in the ring. We had two sides of the cages that were set up with explosives. Um, unfortunately, I believe it was uh, M-Dog 20 and Teddy Hart ended up getting... Uh, thrown into both of those explosives from uh, Team Dragon Gate. <coughs> uh, also announced on the show, unfortunately um, it sucks that it was canceled, but they're going to do a new singles title, which would have been centered around the, the High Flyers, um, and the match to crown that champion was going to be Human Tornado and Jack Evans, and that, I believe, was set for their uh, Season 1 or Season 2 uh, premiere. But Fortunately, we never got it. So, Wrestling Society X, episode 10. Guys, we got through all 10 of those episodes. Well, I didn't watch the last one. <laughs> yeah, me <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> this, was, this was the one that y'all should have watched. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I've just been, been busy traveling. I know. You, yeah, were, you know, he was, uh, the bar he was uh, in uh, drunk. Tennessee. In a bar in Nashville, Tennessee. And the limo pulls up outside. Who's in the limo? 
Tennessee Jesus. And the the first line out of his mouth is kissing the girls and making them cry. Woo. Woo. (laughs) Daddy, whether you like it or you don't like it, you might as well get used to it. It's the best thing going today. <laughs> oh, awesome. So that that's going to do it for us this week. Um, yeah, that's episode 99. Next week is episode 100. I am psyched for that one, honestly. Um, we'll have a few special guests on there, hopefully. Um, we've sent out some feelers to some people. So hopefully we'll be able to join us if they're not too busy. But uh, we definitely have some fun stuff planned for next week. Uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, we, we'll still talk about some of the, the news stuff or not. We'll still talk a little bit about the in the ring stuff. But I've got a few um, discussion topics here for us to go over and have a little more fun, like a roundtable discussion. Um, one of these to look forward to. Um, we're going to talk our favorite WWE theme song albums. So. Uh, that's definitely one that you want to tune into. Oh man, I gotta do some research. Oh man, I gotta do some research. Damn. <laughs> I could have been researching it like for the last month. That's how long it's been in that the notes for episode one hundred. Oh uh, man, all right. <laughs> what was that? What did you say, Carl? I thought that was going to do top 50 tag teams. <laughs> top 50 tag teams. <laughs> oh, man, Carl, theme of the week this week, man, since you weren't here with us last week. What you got for us? Um, so I, I don't think we've done this one before, uh, but y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but in honor of the tag team, uh, I was going to do New Age Outlaws. Oh, you didn't know. We have not done New Age Outlaws. Your ass better call. Somebody. Oh, you didn't know. You better call. somebody. See, we don't even have to look it up. Carl like her. Chris Mack is singing. It's me, it's me, it's that DO double G. And you know what I've been with the gay double D A double S Oh man awesome Alright guys so be sure definitely check us out next week the hundredth episode I'm excited like I honestly when I started this uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it next week I really didn't think it was gonna last this long so but uh, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you all for the support. Even us this last 99 episodes. Uh, head over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash WrestleGetterPodcast. Type in that code AMERICA at checkout. Get yourself a shirt. 20% off. Um, be sure to check out the friends. Big Cave, the running podcast, all up. Turnbuckle Tavern podcast as well. If you're not following Jimmy King, King will rule you. You definitely need to. Make sure you hit up our Twitter. 
vote for the Wrestle Get In fictional wrestler SmackDown. Make sure your favorite character makes it in to the final four and then to the finals. Uh, um, out of who's left in the Elite Eight, definitely check that out. Uh, um, that's all I've got. This is episode 99. I'm Chris the Heat Matthew. He's Garrett G. Money Mon. He's the Tennessee Jesus Carl Crossland. Thank you guys for checking this out. You'll ask us better call somebody later, Marks. Yeah, Garrett, I still think you get this turn in the bush. Ha <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>